welcome to the March 2022 edition of Right on Audio, presented by me, Tiffany Clare. As always, we'll be bringing you a full range of content aimed at writers at all stages of their careers and sharing some work by our listeners. Later in the podcast, you'll hear writing tips from Lucy Van Smit and an interview with Vivian Archer, the driving force behind one of London's leading independent bookshops, Newham Bookshop. We'll have a showcase selected by Jenea Chowdhury and a fascinating piece on indie versus traditional publishing from Richard Gould. We start the podcast with an inspirational moment of poetry. The Smell of Spring is written and read by Linda James. The Smell of Spring. The child drinks in the subtle smell of spring outside the noise of the schoolroom. Light as a wing, she floats across the empty lawn, holding sunlight in her head. She cannot be seen. Silence waits for her in her dark retreat. Her outstretched hands finger familiar shapes, the polished helves of pick, the gnarl of plough, the spike of rake, the curl of hoe, the hybrid woods of the past. She breathes in the quiet. Outside, the old gardener, gathering his tools in crooked, calloused hands, stumbles towards the shed. Suddenly, the smell of earthy spring as he plants himself next to the child. Two roots, one old, one young, listen to the grass grow. And now more inspiration from Aisha Denise talking about Women's Empowerment Month. My name is Aisha Denise. I'm going to share some of my opinion about Women's Empowerment Month, which actually, in my opinion, has very little to do with women's fortitude or their creativity, their resilience, their tenacity or achievement, because we do that every day. What it does do is provide an opportunity for the world to see itself and to hear what the world tells itself about how we live. Women's Empowerment Month, like many other months, have been created to expand the narrative that the world tells itself, and it provides a spotlight to shine and celebrate what has already always existed. The month makes it easier for us to find and share that more easily with each other. All of us know women who are exceptionally talented and have been denied agency or platform to promote those talents. One day we will not need it. But until then, I salute all of the unsung, unrecognised, unacknowledged excellence that women bring to the world's table. To those women, I say, look to your immediate circles of women, respect and nurture them. They are our own banks where we deposit support and withdraw inspiration. Every now and again, we all need a little overdraft or a loan to tide us over, and that's as it should be. Everyone needs a little help sometimes. As long as we try and put something back into the bank, then we can make sure that the circle endures. Just like a woman, spring brings new beginnings. Her warm golden light sits gently on the frosted whiteness of winter shore, slung snugly over Earth's shoulder, now thawing almost invisibly, except we can see butter-yellow greens poking through stilted grip of grey and cracks and nooks around edges on ledges determined to be 
scattered like magic dust randomly yet perfectly, little pockets of hope after the storm of season. Spring brings new beginnings, no reason. Instead, just is. Is warm, calm, delicate, compassionate, all-embracing, facing forwards into new unknown reigns again and again, and every year as an equation of faith over fear. You're listening to Write On Audio, for writers everywhere. Here's Write On editor Madeline White with her introduction to the podcast. Hi, my name's Madeline, and I'm the editor of the Write On suite of publications. I'd like to welcome you to Write On Audio, the podcast that celebrates diversity, originality and excellence in writing, for and by writers everywhere who are serious about their writing. The world has undergone a sea change since we last met. The war in the Ukraine has left me feeling frightened and disconnected. However, I've still been able to find tremendous comfort in the beautiful writing and creativity we've been able to feature through Write On, and indeed the new issue we are preparing, Write On 12. I hope writing has brought you similar comfort and that you've enjoyed the work we've been sharing as well. In this edition of Write On Audio, we've teamed up with author Lucy Van Smit to get some fab writing tips, and Ethna Cullen interviews Vivian Archer, the driving force behind New and Bookshop. As you would expect from a podcast that's serious about making writing happen, there's lots of other wonderful content for you to enjoy as well. The April edition of Write On Audio will be aired on the 26th of April, and we have lots of exciting content coming up, so please do subscribe by searching for Pen to Print in your favourite podcast app to hear it. Aired in National Poetry Month, our headline interview is with seminal poet Daljit Nagra, who's being interviewed by Junea Chowdhury. And we also include a listener contribution from Maltese poet Nicole Piscope. The writer's tips will be coming from author Stuart Ross and the showcase from youth storytelling team Right Back. As ever, we're actively looking for new contributors to our podcast, with both the listener contributor slot and our inspirational moment open for submissions. Do check out guidance on my editor's introduction on pentoprint.org and get in touch if you have fiction, non-fiction, multimedia creative pieces or just a short inspirational moment to share. We hope you enjoy this episode of Write on Audio and look forward to hearing from you. writing tips come from award-winning author Lucy Van Smit. Lucy is a screenwriter, artist and documentary maker. Her young adult novel, The Hurting, won the inaugural Bath Children's Novel Award. Thank you, Write On, for inviting me to talk. I'm Lucy Van Smit. Um, a writer's journal workbook started with a question, what would help writers find their own answers? And a poem popped fully formed into my head, but it took me a long time to understand it was the key to the book. So bear with me, the poem goes like this. What if we look at life through the wrong end of everything? What if meaning and purpose are easy to find, not hidden, but present in every moment, in every day of your ordinary life? And the poem showed me 
We have everything we need in plain view, but often we're too distracted to notice. And a writing journal can show you how you look at the world and how you can choose to see it through a different lens. Know yourself is essential for a writer, but self-reflection is something we often dodge because it feels like hard work and deep down we know it means we'll have to change. It was a huge surprise to me that a writing journal is such a simple, powerful tool. It's your intention to pay attention to your life and to ask a great question like, what am I trying to say here? And it takes minutes to practice and it will save you years of heartache and muddle and it brings clarity to your mind on on the page. The workbook aimed to inspire and be practical for a writer to take small actionable steps and avoid procrastination and just pick up a pen and have a go immediately right into the workbook with an exercise or prompt. The workbook itself has three parts, practice, survive, thrive. And thrive is about the importance of your approach before you start to work how to follow your bliss. And Joseph Campbell said this opens doors for you and you'll see how this works in your writing. I'm a complete geek and the book is stuffed with neuroscience, improv techniques, spirituality, tips from actors on writing confidence and the most practical writing tips that I've picked up over 30 years. Back in the day, I made documentaries on famous authors, but it was only when I became a writer myself that I owned my own anxiety and would hear authors talk about their panic and overwhelm. And so many writers start out excited, but can end up avoiding their own writing. I know now procrastination, self-sabotage are survival adaptations, behaviour patterns that keep you safe by not allowing you to change. And the trick to anything is to start small. I find journaling on your writing is a five-part process. Intention, reflect, ask, listen, act. And this will sound woohoo, but this practice of journaling on your writing will unleash incredible excites, um, insights sorry, about your stories or your characters. One of the tools in the actual workbook is called The Naming Game. It trains your eye to be more observational. Mary Oliver says detail gives texture to your writing. And we also use The Naming Game to notice and name your emotions, your relationships. And you will find it makes you more present as you write. And in turn, you will hear your guidance or whatever you call creativity. The great, great thing about a writing journal is that you can see how to compost your life back into your writing and your stories and characters while you become more self-aware as a writer. Start small, give it a go. I thoroughly recommend it. It's honestly one of the best kept writing secrets. Thank you for those useful tips, Lucy. We'll share links so you can find out more about Lucy and all our contributors in the show notes for this podcast. Subscribing to Write On Audio is easy and will mean that you'll be notified the moment new editions are released. Many podcast apps will deliver new editions directly to your feed. In your favourite podcast app, search for Write On Audio and then look for a button or link that says subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, you need to choose follow to subscribe, just as you would for a musician or band. We'll print more details in the show notes for this podcast, where you will also find links to our contributors and to the online version of Write On Magazine. The new and 
Bookshop was founded in 1978 and has been thriving since then, with a mission to serve the people of Newham in a friendly and welcoming environment. It is run by Vivian Archer, Madeline White and Ethna Cullen caught up with Vivian to talk about the bookshop and what it means to the local community. First of all, Viv, thank you um, so much for joining us. Um, I know you have a tremendously busy time at the moment and you were telling me a little bit about the work you were doing um, around Ukraine and, well, uh, and, and the yeah. events around that. So why don't we start with that? Yes, when, when this first started, because I know all sorts of people who, um, you know, like Olia Hercules, who's actually local and Ukrainian chef. Anyway, I thought it would be great to raise money because they want cash, really. Mm-hmm. And so we put out an appeal to our publishers and authors, if they would send us books and things we could auction. And the response has been unbelievable. We got a very special sign, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, which so far we've had bids for up to £500. Same with signed DVDs from David Gilmore. And then we've got hundreds of books. There's something so incredibly special about Noam Bookshop and the events. So I I had a really simple question, which was... What makes Newham Bookshop so special? We're celebrating 44 years this year. Why we're different is because we are so solidly community-based. We listen to our community. We understand, I hope, our community. And interestingly enough, the whole pandemic and lockdown brought so many new people to us who hadn't seen us before and realised what independent, what an independent bookshop can actually provide. That's, I think, what makes us special. An organisation called On The Record interviewed a huge amount of people um, who've been linked to the shop, including authors, um, just customers, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that'll be well worth looking out for, and we're going to be selling it for a fiver. But it's fantastic. Michael Rosen's done the foreword and so many different authors and and customers have contributed. Fabulous. And you know, you said that you're celebrating 44 years. Yeah. How long long have you been involved? 34. I was an I was an actress for 10 years and. By fluke, coincidence, and so on, when I decided to come out of acting, somebody offered me a job in a bookshop, and I loved it. And um, that's why I'm still here. You found your books. You found your home in in Newham, haven't you? Definitely. And you mentioned earlier on about your. I mean, what you said about community was really powerful. That you listen to community and you understand the community. How would you describe your your customers in general? It probably is the most diverse community, certainly in London, if not the country. Our customers reflect a really wide demographic. So, you know, we it, years ago, and this has changed now, we used to always know who was coming into the area by the dictionaries we were selling. That's so funny. early on, you had, you know, Bengali, Punjabi and so on. And of course, that's changed now because they're second, third generation and so on. Then we had to get a lot of Polish dictionaries in. Again, they all speak English now. So the the dictionary thing doesn't tell us the same anymore, but it certainly did. 
I mean, now it's a lot of actually um, French speakers and okay. Italian speakers, interestingly enough. And the other thing I was going to ask you, which which is about um, the bookshop's role in the community, really, I, I've I've discovered you through the events. When, when what exactly gave you the idea for the events, rather than just you know being a, a regular bookshop with people? Well, I mean, we've always been involved, you know, from word go in different community events, but then like at Bishopsgate, we did all the books for their events there. We we still get asked to do um, sell books at events all over London for mm. different organisations or for different authors. But we established a really close link with the Wanstead Tap, which has worked very, very well getting different authors in, in there. And that's a very important relationship. I must say, because I used to come to your events at Wanstead Library as well as Bishopsgate. Ah, been... and they're back on again. There's some good ones coming up. There's Selena oh, Godden coming up on the 30th of March. That'll be wonderful. Oh, that is great because it's a and lot. There, there's a lot. There are a lot more coming up. And this is great for pen to print because, you know, we've grown out of Barking and Dagenham Library. So anything that's batting library promotion and bookshop promotion is great, isn't it? So they're coming back. That's great. Absolutely. And we, I mean, we do, we've always, we, you know, we think libraries are so important and we always advocate anything yeah. we can to help libraries. We've done quite a few and continue to do quite a few events with Newham Libraries. And the Newham Word Festival is coming up at the end of July. We're curating some talks for that now. Going on for the ideas to the events, I was wondering, have you got any special memory of a performance that's a standout for you? Yes, well, several. I mean, I have to be very obvious and say anything. And Michael has done, Michael Rosen has done so much for us. Benjamin Zephaniah stands out because he used to live opposite the shop many years ago. So we did some very, very early events with him. Um, they probably stand out. We did an event at Newham Library for the for LGBT Month last month with Michael Cashman, and he was unbelievably impressive as a speaker. I saw something recently. It was, I think, it was the you know the Independent Bookshop Saturday or week, whatever it was. Oh yes, yes. I noticed that you you had actually flagged that there was a special offer for books about London. Is it important to you that London gets a special mention? It's it's, it's one it's one of our biggest sections in the shop, and probably we have the biggest biggest selection of books on London of most shops. People actually travel to see and buy books there. People like um, people like uh, John Rogers, this other London, has been massive. You know, he does these video YouTube walks around London. If you have never seen them, listen to them. They are fantastic. The other question that I was really going to try and pin you down with, because you've said you love classics and poetry. What's your favourite book? Um, <laughs> top, <laughs> controversially at the moment, it's Russian. Um, Russian literature to me, um, yeah. Anna Karenina. Oh, wow. wow. Mm -hmm. And have you read it many times? Twice. Just, well, I'd say that's quite a big book. <laughs> yeah, it's an achievement. I read Russian literature passionately from the age of about 16 to 24. 
haven't read that much recently. Mm. Um, yeah, it's the feel of that country. It's the it's the feel of the people. The other the other ones I really love. Um, I really love Sola. Um, La Samoa is one of my greatest reads. Write on audio for writers everywhere. We'll post a link so you can find out about the Newham Bookshop and maybe plan a visit as part of the show notes for this edition. This month's showcase is compiled by Janaea Chowdhury. My showcase this month has a strong nature theme, be it the nature of us or the nature of the environment around us. My first submission is a lovely poem by the talented Danny Baxter. I really like this poem because I love the questions the poem raises about identity and how our definitions and understanding of ourselves is often dependent and interlinked with our equation with others. I really like the idea that everything is relative. Being by myself by Danny Baxter. I cannot stand alone. I cannot be myself by myself. In order to know myself, I need to be surrounded by something other than myself. I cannot see myself by myself. By myself, I do not know where I am. By myself, I do not know where I end or where I begin. By myself, my absolutes become relative relative to nothing. By myself, I have no purpose. I can find no meaning in anything if nothing is with me. Without parameters, I have no definition. Without definition, there is no boundary between myself and not myself. Emptiness is my poverty. Loneliness is my confusion. I cannot be myself by myself. I cannot be by myself. If I choose to be at all, then I cannot be by myself. Can I be myself with you? Can I be myself whilst you be yourself? Do you have to be yourself whilst I am with you being myself? Do I have to become you? to be myself with you. If I become you whilst being with you, am I still myself too? Do I need you to become me in order for me to be myself? If you become me whilst being with me, are you still yourself too? If you are no longer yourself, can I continue to be myself with you whilst you are being me? I cannot be myself by myself. If I cannot be myself with you, you are as nothing to me. If you cannot be yourself with me, am I nothing to you? Are we nothing to each other? Am I still by myself when I am with you? My second submission is by the lovely poet and author Patsy Middleton. It's titled Madly in Love with Thunderstorms. I love the way it reads as a love letter to thunderstorms. Although it's technically prose, it sounds very poetic in its use of language. Thunder sounds like bowling balls clashing into pins. 
rarely one huge bang. When I hear it, excitement fills me and I rush to open the kitchen door. I feel the thunder rolling through my veins. I want to be in the sky, one with the elements, grasping clouds where split-second forks of lightning illuminate them harshly, making them weep. I want to feel lightning buzzing through me, blood flowing faster, endorphins rushing to my brain, giving me a high greater than a drug. Like an exciting spiritual orgasm rising me above the natural to supernatural experience. I rush into the garden where rain drenches my upturned face, pinpricking icy kisses on my skin, cold and purifying, cleansing without and within. I close my eyes and lick at the pure-tasting raindrops while flinging my arms wide, dancing in whirling circles, past dripping trees, their leaves sounding the patter of raindrops. Flowers bend to empty their cups of water, and all the while I absorb the experience as the storm moves away towards the west. My cold feet return me to earth. The kitchen's comfort beckons me. There, warmth enfolds me. Lassitude seeps into me like sand. I come back to reality and feel gentle love for my surroundings as I drink a steaming cup of tea. My next submission is by the lovely poet and write-on regular Palak Tiwari. It's titled Dark Clouds. I love how the poem personifies the clouds and creates a beautiful picture of something that is by nature very gloomy. Wisps of grey fluff, miserably running in the sky, making waves in their own fashion, trying to escape from themselves, enveloping the mountains in their dark, velvety folds, hanging low as if awaiting an invitation to pour out all their grief, and then, finally, lazily breathing out blue and cool smoke. My final piece is by the poet Alicia Hayden, It's titled, Tread Gently on This Earth. I really like how the poem makes us think about our responsibility towards our environment and raises questions on climate crisis. The earth doesn't listen to those who plead. She is not moved by tears and unaffected by sadness. Greed does not anger her, although it hurts her somewhat. Yet she doesn't fight back, doesn't shed a tear, The earth doesn't care for those who take. She protects those she loves. Those who give and give, who swing through vines and drink from freshwater pools. She holds them close, sings to them like a gentle breeze. The earth doesn't care for those who hate. War hurts her just as much as it hurts those around her, and it angers her makes her split her surface and shake and shake and shake, trying to get rid of the hate. The earth does not care. The earth cares too much. She cares for the species, from zooplankton to humpbacks, fly agarics to sphagnum. The earth always listens to those who plead and cares for those who take and hate. Tread gently on this earth before it is too late.
The pieces in this month's showcase were Being Myself by Danny Baxter Madly in Love with Thunderstorms by Patsy Middleton Dark Clouds by Palak Tavari and Tread Gently on This Earth by Alicia Hayden. The readers were Sally Walker-Taylor and Chris Gregory. This month's listener contribution is from author Richard Gould. As many writers with a finished book will know, the choice of whether to try for publication via a conventional publishing route or self-publish is a difficult one. Richard has done some analysis of the marketplace, and in this piece, he shares his thoughts. Hi there, I'm Richard Gould. Uh, I write under the pseudonym R.J. Gould, and um, I want to tell you today about um, a decision I made probably about a year, year and a half ago, which was to move from traditional publishers, um, I had two of them, to becoming a self-published author. Quite a big step. Um, The reason why I did it was because my traditional publishers weren't selling any of my books um, and I wanted to do some marketing myself, but without having sales data, because that was in the hands of the publishers, it was really difficult to um, be able to know what bits of marketing were working and which bits weren't. Nowadays, it's actually pretty easy to get self-published thanks to Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing Service. Um, initially, that was set up for ebooks, but now it's possible to produce paperbacks as well. Of course, it doesn't create a good book. That's up to the author. Um, and possibly one of the downsides of Kindle Direct Publishing is the lack of quality control. But it has enabled lots of authors um, who have been snubbed by traditional publishers to put their works out there, um, get a pretty substantial readership and earn lots of money as well. However, it's not easy to do that. And there are some great authors who have been self-published who still don't get a look in. The problem with self-publishing is that the competition kicks in after publication. The big task is to get visibility when there are so many books out there competing against yours. So my question was, how can a new author's book be found amidst the enormous volume of books that are out there? The market is saturated. How saturated? Well, the answer is staggering. Amazon make it difficult to find an exact number, but based on other people's research, um, there could well be over 7,000 new books released every day. The most conservative estimate that I've seen arrives at a million new books each year. I repeat, that's the conservative estimate of how many books have been added each year since 2018. So with that number of books on the market, um, clearly one huge challenge is to actually find an author's book page. Um, And that's a massive topic in itself. But the little piece of research that I've done assumes that the book page has somehow been reached during a reader's search for something new. And I was looking at what influences a potential customer's decision to go ahead and select an ebook. So I conducted a survey and I asked a single question. From the list below, 
which is the single most important factor when selecting an ebook written by an author who's new to you. And I listed 10 options based on what you can see on Amazon's homepage, things to do with the cover, with reviews, description, and anything else. Not quite anything else, because I did leave out price. Now I realize that price is an important factor, but because so many people are now downloading books from Kindle Unlimited, I thought that this would distort the findings. I posted my survey on a variety of Facebook reader groups over a week, a week and a bit, and I got 300 plus responses, which I thought was enough to produce something that was statistically significant. And um, well, here are the results. You will be able to um, to see them in more detail in an article that I'm featuring on Write On in June. But for now, um, I will just obviously read out the answers. Top of the list in what attracts people to um, purchase a book, an ebook from Amazon, is description, which scored 40% of the total. And it was subdivided between it tells me precisely what to expect, which 30% um, voted for, and it poses questions deliberately ambiguous, which 10% voted for. So that suggests that readers want a straightforward account of what the book's about, rather than any cryptic blurb about it. Second were reviews, um, which scored 26%. The highest um, was comments. Second were ratings. And I was a bit surprised to see a relatively low score for how many reviews a book actually had. But we've now got the description and the reviews between them. Um, over two thirds of the um, respondents voting for those. Next came recommendation from a personal contact with 14% and a relatively low score um, for the remainder. Reading the look inside sample text might be a bit surprised by that really because you'd think people would want a quick read before deciding what to buy but according to the survey not many do and to be truthful I rarely do that myself. Well there are no easy answers um, for a author to, to get seen and to become a top list author whether you go down the traditional publishing route or the self-publishing route um, I think one message would be that it's a long-term game. Um, you need a lot of perseverance and resilience. I think a second message would be that the most important thing for authors is not to lose sight of the enjoyment of the writing process itself and the pride that you can take from having completed a novel. As I've said, um, there's going to be a write-on um, article giving a lot more detail about my findings in June. Before that, I've posted on my own website, www.rjgould.info, a summary of the findings, which you're welcome to visit and to have a look at. It's been quite useful to give you a taster of the sorts of things that readers consider before deciding to purchase a book. Thanks for listening. Bye. You're listening to Write On Audio. For writers everywhere.
We're almost at the end of this month's podcast, but please do check out our six previous editions if you haven't done so already. You can also check out the online Write On Extra to read the pieces in Jenea's showcase and find much more from pen to print. Our website at pentoprint.org will also guide you through all the events and workshops available from pen to print. We have everything from beginners creative writing courses to advanced workshops in screenwriting. So pay us a visit and think about how you can enhance your creativity alongside our friendly and experienced workshop leaders. We're always delighted to read your contributions. So if you'd like to see your words in Write On or hear them on this podcast, please get in touch. Email your submission to pentoprint at lbbd.gov.uk with the subject line, Write On Submission. Thank you for listening to Write On Audio. This edition has been presented by me, Tiffany Clare, and produced by Chris Gregory. Write On Audio is an alternative stories production for pen to print. <laughs>